Welcome to the Truth CSGO Podcast, episode 37, an interview with Finn Anderson, aka Carrigan from the FaZe Clan. That is Carrigan, are you listening to the Truth Podcast? Are we rushing in, or are we going sneaky-beaky-like? Now, before we get into the interview, just a little bit of news. ESL One Cologne is well underway. We had the quarterfinals last night, and the semis are tonight. In the group stages, Ninjas in Pajamas shat the bed big time. Not enough chance for Lecro to become gelled with that team, obviously. Also, according to a tweet that was put out by Rush from Cloud9, GetRight wasn't in great health. I'm not sure what that is. Perhaps something to do with his diagnosis uh, several years ago with Crohn's disease. Anyway, that's disappointing for him and them, considering considering the team that took two of their players, Exist and Draken, uh, made it to the quarters. And that team was, of course, Fnatic. Although when they were playing in the quarters against Na'Vi, I didn't think they looked good at all. JW had a massive few games in the lead up to those quarters. But uh, for a while now, it's as if the only time Fnatic win uh, when either Crims, Flusher or JW goes ham and wins a bunch of, cl- bunch of clutches or, you know, or two of them at once. Uh, we saw in Katowice, we saw in WSG that, that Crims and Flusher really stepped up. But outside of that, there doesn't seem to be much going for the team as a whole. Look, it's early days yet for this team, for this new lineup. But uh, last night was a bit of a continuation of a pattern. Now, G2 got off to a really strong start against Na'Vi, but was shut down last night in the quarters by Big, who looked absolutely beautiful. Big, if you're not aware, is Berlin International Gaming, so they're the home team playing at ESL1 Cologne. They were brought in simply because they were a home team, not because they'd qualified. They were far below the rankings of most of the other teams, but they managed to beat Made in Brazil, MIBR, who the previous SK lineup, to get to the quarters and absolutely trounced G2, especially on the second map, Dust 2, which they won 16-1. So in terms of an underdog story, this is definitely the underdog story at the moment right now. Uh, whether or not they'll be able to continue that performance against FaZe remains to be seen. It's a whole different beast. G2 are a very new lineup. Um, now, the other team that disappointed was Mouse. They had the new player of Snacks. They didn't look quite as good as they've looked previously. They were knocked out, obviously too soon for them to work out the roles properly. Ents, as I mentioned last episode, were going to be one of the teams to watch. This is their first LAN performance, or big LAN performance, I should say. And they put up a very good showing for their first LAN, getting very close to beating Na'Vi and taking some uh, some pretty good scalps along the way. Renegades had a flash of brilliance for a second, but they were overcome by Made in Brazil, MIBR. And the biggest flops, I guess, were Gambit and Cloud9 because both teams were really not able to accomplish much at all. Sticko didn't look like he'd had any time whatsoever to uh, get amongst it in Cloud9, and Gambit just have been sliding further and further down a sort of post-major hole. Tonight is the semis, as I mentioned, and we'll see Astralis face Na'Vi and Big face FaZe. Na'Vi are obviously looking sharp as they have for the last, you know, five months, I guess, with Flamey and Electronic both stepping up to also put in work alongside Simple. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, the team play and the strats and the wonderful executes of Big are going to be very interesting to see against FaZe, who, even though they've got a stand-in uh, 
by the name of Croman are still firing on a hell of a lot of cylinders. If everyone's predictions are correct, however, we will see FaZe and Astralis in a grand final again. So it's time to finally release the last interview with the FaZe players from IEM Sydney, although there's a, about a, like a one-minute interview with Rain which I'll just chuck in somewhere along the line. It's mostly about whiskey, actually. But uh, this is Carrigan, the in-game leader, whose addition to the team in early 2017 began their ascent to the top. Carrigan was friendly, very professional, but what is clear is that in his mind, he, he's firmly, firmly fixated on the prize, the win, the tournament win, the tournament placing, the victory, and what it's going to take. He's not given to hyperbole. He's not given to speculation. This guy is a realist who speaks precisely and carefully. Now, he is a little less warm than other IGLs I talk to, like Glaive, but he's obviously got a brain that is seemingly a few steps ahead and a mind that it feels like it's, it's sort of encompassed some sort of spreadsheet for the future that only he is privy to. He was a formidable guest indeed. And without further ado, here's Finn Carrigan Anderson at IEM Sydney 2018. Last time you guys were here at IEM Sydney, I felt like you really deserved to win, and I felt for you when you didn't win, but you have just taken a 3-0 victory over Australis. How does it feel? It feels awesome. Um, come back to the arena. We had a very, very sloppy group stage, so we just wanted to go to the playoff, and once the playoff hits, you you know it's like do a die time, the pressure builds up, and, and you play good teams normally in playoffs. So I, I knew when once we read the playoff, there's a chance we're going to take this. Astralis looking great, but if we're going to meet Astralis in the final, the pressure is all on them. We have lost many finals. If they cannot win against FaZe in the final, then we had the upper hand the whole uh, series, I'd say, and uh, our team played really great. So one of the things I've crafted in my own sort of pop psychology theory is that there has been such a huge weight of expectations on you guys, especially since getting in uh, Olaf Meister and Guardian. And that seems like those expectations sometimes are too much. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when you build a team with four players, four best players in the world, or probably four out of the best top ten players in the world in, in each team, or it's each own way as, as a player, without support players, only me. The pressure builds on me, basically, because if I can't make this work, uh, we can't really get five-star players, can we? So, so I, I, there's a lot of pressure on me and the team. But I think it, it's fine. Um, like I said to my team, we've been in so many finals. You lose some, you win some. It's the way you approach the loss and how you lose the game, as long as you don't give up. And I think people can see we don't give up. <laughs> uh, we have lost so many finals, and yet here it's a close final. We are playing the best team in the world currently, who is playing the best CS uh, the last month since Catteries, or two months, I would say. Um, but we're here and we proved that the, our style, our explosive style, the way we play together, the internal team, also can beat the, the best playing team currently. Speaking of the explosive style though, you guys weren't as explosive in this best of three I thought, in this best of five I thought, than you usually are. And I think I saw in an interview with you before that you were going to take it a bit slower this time. Did, was that, that seemed to be happening on some rounds. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have uh, we have less firepower now with all of an exist, so, so of course you have to adapt some point where I can't just call let's jump off through a smoke and, and then just refrag, refrag. We have to set up each other a little better, so it means we are Nico's playing way more aggressive than he does when Olaf is there because Olaf also is the playmaker thing. So we're, we're trying to adapt a little, see how the how what style can work on us. And many finals we are playing way too explosive, I think, which had cost and the momentum switched too fast. 
So playing slow, we, we tried to, to adapt to that. But on training, nothing really worked until we got into those clutches and finally could, could build some momentum. And once you get those clutches, you can build on, on playing explosive or you can slow it down. Um, so that's something we've been working on, especially since Marseille. Uh, or not that many days, but before Marseille as well. And it finally comes into work against the team today, uh, where Stral is playing very, very aggressive as CT. You had some amazing clutches, not, not so much in this best of five, but especially in the group stages. How did that? Uh, how do you how do you deal with clutches? Like, how do you stay calm? I, I mean, the the thing about being in-game leader is like often if I'm three and three or we are four and four, I'm thinking for my teammates. I think how I can set them on flash for them smoke. So I'm often caught off guard with grenades in hand. And once I'm clutching, that's only about me and my aim. So it's nothing about setting up somebody else. So once I'm in the zone, I can also play CS and shoot people instead of looking like a headless chicken sometimes. Uh, so what's the plan for Dallas? I mean, we, we, we keep improving. We, we have two days of practice at home. One day off after fixing the jet lag and two days online games and practice and then right to Dallas again. So we have to improve all the time and make sure that we don't have the frustration we had in group stage on each other. So after the team talk, we had a, before the Cloud9 match, we have been steamrolling, I would say. We have been winning seven out of eight maps or something like that. So we have been improving game by game and in the final we hit the, hit the high level. Yeah, it seems like this is sort of the formula that we wanted to see with you guys, with that extra supportiveness from Exist. How is that going to work when Olaf comes back? Are you going to be like, take a step back or just no, so, go back to the four-star players? No, so Olaf is coming back at some point. We don't know when. It's, it's, it's in between the team, what's happening, and it's uh, Olaf's personal life. So um, we just keep playing Exist and work him as he's a part of the team. Uh, but in theory, he's a stand-in for, for a limit of time we don't know yet. Um, so we just have to improve and play with the team and play around with two support players. Uh, and that's something we have to been working on. And there has been some section period where it has been hard for us. But we managed to qualify with Dallas. We are in the, in the Grand Slam still with, with the two out of six tournaments. So who knows if we're going to win, uh, win the Dallas. It's going to be fun the last three uh, East events. I have my fingers crossed. One of the uh, things that I guess a lot of people were talking about earlier this year was that you should get a sports psychologist in. Has anything like that happened? Have you had talks like that in the team? <clears throat> no, uh, basically in the team we have been, me and Robin have been feeling a lot in the face clan that uh, we are so close and yet so far to win these finals. Um, being a sports psychologist, when it's going good, I would say it's going good, we have been a, a top two team, we are a top two team again. I don't know if you're taking the first place. But we have been so good since, uh, I would say, September, and it's hard to stay on top. Uh, you're going to get some uh, slap in the face. You just have to regain energy and regain the, the, the motivation to be the best team in the world because you are going to fall off at some point. Um, and we talked about if, it, if it's going good, there's no reason to change stuff. If you get a sports psychologist, you're going to change a lot of habits and all, all that kind of stuff or, or how you're going to work out, stuff like this. Um, so one day when it's going really, really bad and we can't go to the semifinals, finals, I think we're going to bring a sports psychologist on, on, right. onto the team. So it hasn't been as desperate yet as we think. No, not <laughs> at all. I, I mean, if you see the way we lose the final, we are playing a team who's playing out of the house, Cloud9, home turf. It was a Cinderella story. They are beating... G2, SK and the face in the final, um, being Fnatic, Fnatic team was, everybody knows that Golden was on the way out and Exist was on the way into the team and they played without pressure as well, they played like fuck it, we have nothing to lose basically. Um, so, so I think we showed today that we have the composure when it gets to the overtime uh, and I think that's what the team needed as well, uh, overtime wins, close matches, go all 30 rounds in all three maps and we went 3-0. But that's not traditionally how FaZe win, I mean... 
sometimes it's it's those overtime things. That's what it's I mean. But but what I have to say, once you get to the old time, it's a fifty-fifty. You, it's it's literally just who has the energy, who has like one small idea, who has small small adaptation, who has the balls to go for for a play. And I think that is the difference. That maybe sometimes we didn't have it, or we didn't feel it that much because the pressure maybe like, oh, if you lose them a game. But this game, we just came in like. Basically, we felt like nothing to lose. Everybody's going to say, Stuart's going to win 3-1 or 3-0. We're not going to have a chance. And we proved them wrong by saying, like, we're still here and we can still fight for trophies. I think one of the last interviews I saw with you, you said that FaZe was not really an online team, that you're basically a land team, especially because you're explosive, sort of big balls style you've got. Do you guys ever play online games together or is it always everyone at home? No, no, we play, we play online games uh, and it's pretty hard to play online. You... Basically, when you see our players, they're all stage players. They love to play in front of crowd. They, they have when you have a high explosive style, you like to play. You like to repeat, and you go for the the ball to place. And online, it doesn't really pay off because everybody's in their comfort zone. You can't really pressure them out of the comfort zone. And, and that's why I always say we are a good playoff team. You might have a chance to be in group stage because you're still in group stage. You have really nothing to lose. But once the knockout stage starts, this is where this is where it all counts. And, and that's why you have to beat the best team in the world. You also seem like one of the smartest guys in Counter-Strike. It's well known that you've finished a degree at the same time. What are you doing in your downtime? Do you currently have any downtime right now, or is it just 24-7 Counter-Strike? It's 24-7 Counter-Strike at the moment. There's like a little workout. You might stay up a little longer sometimes to, to play other games, uh, but basically you don't have really downtime to something else. We are home for four days, one day off, and the other day we are training eight hours a day, and, and you also need to sleep at, at some point. Um, and be rested, because once you're at the tournament, you don't really get that rest. You You are... You know, you're at a tournament, you have to be on point, and you have to interviews, meet a day, and, and play games all the time. Do you work out with the team, or is it just you? Like, we work out the different... Uh, we're starting to work out a little more now, after after uh, things, after Starlight, we st start to do. So, we're all on board, and, and it's kind of freedom in phase, and everybody to have a routine. In phase, we have freedom, players want to stay up late, they do that. Um, we, we believe that a player can take care of themselves, and they have to be on point the day they play, and if they're mm -hmm. not, then they have to fix it. So you treat everyone like adults? Yes, uh, like basically everybody has a freedom if they want to go to bed at 4 a.m. and wake up at 10, it's their own, uh, own thing. Um, as long as they're ready, mentally ready is the most important thing. And if they're not, they're going to have uh, a, a pointing finger, finger at them. Right. You pointing the finger at them? No, like the, the whole team, like you have to sleep, you have to eat healthy, stuff like this. If it's going in our hand, then we lose them because the player is not feeling uh, mentally ready for the game, for example. Yeah. Why, why, what gives you the drive to win, Carrigan? Just one last question. Uh, I think this is about being the best team in the world uh, and be the best you can be as a player uh, and as, as a person. So I think that is my motto by, by the day that every day you wake up, you have to improve. Uh, and if one day you can't improve, you have to stop doing what you love. That's your motto. Where did that come from? I, I just think that since my study, I knew like uh, the best I can be was in both things. was in my study and, and the way I was playing. So... And one day I said, like, when I finished the degree, like, okay, now it's all in Counter-Strike and, and be the best I can in, in the game I love. And if it's not enough one day, then we have to find something else.